So we're going to listen to a piece of music just to get our hearts ready. And it's called I Am No Victim. Because we're going to listen today to a Bible story, which is one of the most beautiful stories in the Old Testament. And we're going to see that this woman was in a situation where she actually could have felt like a victim. But she didn't. And uh, we're going to talk today about how God is the God who lifts us up and over difficult situations, who has a hope and a future and a plan for all of our lives. So let's just settle ourselves and listen to this song before we get into the Word. this morning uh, about a lady called Abigail and this is a story we all love a good story don't we there's something about a story that kind of gets us up and going and we identify because each of us have a story of our own in fact there's a a beautiful verse in the new uh, uh, international version in Psalm 107 and it says let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story so each of you have a story And this morning we're going to look uh, at God's word and look at this particular story because I think God has something to say to all of us. And I do believe that as we gather this morning, I really sense, and I know just from talking to many of you, that there's a real sense in the room that God is about to break out, that he wants to do the new thing in our lives. He's a God who is a God who calls us higher, calls us to come closer to himself because he loves us so much. And so as we look at his word, we know Jane bought me this when we were in Fort Aventura. Keys. And in the Bible, we have the keys to life. And that excites me because we're just not telling a story for the sake of telling a story. We're actually looking at what God's message to us is. And he gives us keys for living. You might also notice that I'm wearing a top here. Jane bought me this. Did you notice what it says on it? Practically perfect in every way. <laughs> now, I am no Mary Poppins. But let me tell you that in Jesus Christ, because of what he did for me, I am practically perfect. In fact, I am perfect in his sight. And so are you, if you know him as your saviour. Because his blood paid for our sins. The Bible talks about giving us this robe of righteousness. And if you have asked Jesus into your heart, to come and live in your heart by his Holy Spirit, then you are dressed in a robe of righteousness. And you're not just practically perfect. In God's eyes, he looks at you and he sees you perfect in Christ. Even though we have lots of faults and we haven't, you know, we're not in any way perfect in the natural. Spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking Jesus has paid the price for us to walk in this robe of righteousness. And God the Father looks at you and he sees you in Christ. And as far as God the Father is concerned, Jesus has paid for your sins. He sees you in Jesus and you are perfect in Christ. That's the good news of the gospel, isn't it? It's amazing that he bore our sins. He became sin for us that we could become the righteousness of God in him. It's called the divine exchange. And we can walk in this righteousness, even though we have a lot to learn and we're growing and he's teaching us and disciplining us, still we belong to him. So we're going to look at this story. And uh, as, we, as we think of uh, Abigail, you'll notice that I put on your notes that you are an Abigail. Because I believe in every single one of us, this story will resonate at, in some level. Uh, because Abigail's name means my father's joy. 
And you see, we need to realise that God our Father rejoices over us. Do you know what his word says in Zephaniah 3 verse 17? It says, the Lord your God is in the midst of you. He is the mighty one. He will save and he will rejoice over you. Listen, rejoice over you with gladness. It says in Zephaniah 3 verse 17 that he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Your father loves you. You are the joy of his heart. And if you don't believe that, then you need to go to Hebrews and see where it speaks about. In Hebrews 12, it talks about Jesus going to the cross. And it says that he went to the cross even though he despised the shame. Even though he didn't want to go at one level as a human being, he went to the cross because of the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before Jesus? You and me. He was going to redeem us. He was going to pay the price for us that we could be set free from all of the old fleshy stuff and all of the the stuff that hurts us and brings pain to us. That's why Jesus went. Because he could see you and you were the joy that was set before him. And so he went to the cross, it says, despising the shame. Because he could see that you needed someone to redeem you, to buy you back, to set you free, that you could live the life that he always wanted for you to live. Isn't it amazing that God has always wanted us to be free? He's always wanted us to be one with him, to live our lives in connection with heaven. That has always been God's plan, and it's still God's plan. And so uh, eventually we'll get around to starting this story. But this is the backdrop. Let's just, just remind ourselves just as a backdrop to this story. Because as you know, from last September, we've been looking and going right through the whole story of David in the Old Testament. And we saw that he was a man after God's heart. He loved God and God loved him. He had his faults, as we're going to see today, but he really loved God. And the backdrop to this story of Abigail is that David had already, he had overcome many temptations. Remember we saw in September he had, he had killed the giant. Do you remember Goliath fell? We looked at all of that stuff and we saw it won many victories in his life. And, and just before Christmas, the last time we met together, we looked at how Saul, who had tormented him, who had pursued him and persecuted him for so long, where last time before Christmas we saw that David had an opportunity to actually kill him. But because he loved God and because he had a fear of God, he didn't take that opportunity. He passed the test and he trusted God to look after Saul. But then just in the very next chapter, if you read the next chapter, which we're going to look at today, which is 1 Samuel 25, you'll see that the very next thing that happened in David's life was that Samuel, his old, old friend and mentor, died. And Samuel was uh, a statesman. He was, the, he was, a, he was a leader in the, in the land of Israel. And the people mourned him because he, was, he had been there for a very long time and he had tried to advise Saul and tried to to be a buffer between Saul and David. And he was a great friend to David. So you can imagine that David must have been really um, in mourning when he heard that Samuel had died. And in fact, the Bible tells us that all of Israel were grieving and they went out to bury him. Now remember that David was still on the run. Saul was jealous of him because God had anointed David to be the next king. And Saul was a king who had turned away from God and he was jealous of David. And so, at this particular point, David wouldn't even have been free to go to that funeral. He wouldn't have even been able to go and, and, and grieve for his old friend. 
because he was afraid, because he was a man on the run. And so when Samuel died, David probably felt, my goodness, now that Samuel's gone, what's going to become of me? What's going to happen in the country? Because Samuel's gone, he was some kind of restraint on Saul. And he probably was very afraid, and that's why we're told in the very first chapter, first verse of chapter 25 in 1 Samuel, we're told that David took his men. Remember that he was on the run, and many of these sort of people who were in difficulties in life, people who were in debt, people who were uh, depressed, people who were hurting, had come out to meet with, to, to be with David and to become his, part of his gang. And it says that David and his men took themselves off, left Jerusalem and went a real distance away. They went away to the wilderness and we're going to pick up the story from there. There's quite a lot of reading, so I'm going to tell you bits of the story and we'll read bits in between. Okay? This is an amazing story. I promise you, you're going to enjoy it. So remember the backdrop. David is probably mourning about Saul, about, about Samuel. He's probably angry with Saul that he's still on the run, that Saul's still jealous of him, that Saul will not let up on him. And here he is having to run with his men and go down into the wilderness. Here's what it says. Now, whenever David got to the wilderness, it says in verse 2, there was a man there whose business was in Carmel. This is where David had run to. And this man was very rich. And it tells us then about all the, the sheep that he had and the goats and all the rest of it. And the name of the man was Nabal. Now, Nabal means fool. And in some of the translations, it tells us that Nabal wasn't only a fool, but that he was very rich, and he was an evil and a harsh man. So it seems that this man, Nabal, it wasn't just that he was a kind of a nasty soul. We've all come across people a bit like that, haven't we? It wasn't just that. It was there seems to have been something that really just pleased God. There was an evilness about him. He was a man who, who had no time for God. He was a time, man who had, who had no sympathy for people. He was a man who was going the opposite way to what God would, would have had him go. And so this man it was very rich and he had lots of cattle and sheep. And whenever David and his men arrived down in Carmel, they immediately, the, the, David's men, began to help his servants. Now let me just read on a little bit. It says that uh, Nabal, uh, was, uh, the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife was Abigail. And Abigail was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance, but the man was harsh and evil in his doings. When David heard, uh, before I go any further, uh, let me just tell you the story because we won't have time to read all of this. So here's the thing, they arrive in the wilderness down to a place called Carmel. They find these men who are servants of this man called Nabal. Nabal's a beautiful wife whom the Bible describes as being beautiful and of good understanding. A woman who was intelligent, sensible, stable, a good woman, a woman that pleased God, obviously. So she's married to this man called Nabal. His name means fool. Now immediately, right away, we could say that this woman was in a trap. Would you agree with me? That she, it would seem as though this woman was trapped into this marriage and it was like, it was like, humanly speaking, what had this woman going for her? Humanly speaking. And yet we're going to see this woman really was a woman that God loved and a woman who had a purpose in her life. So Nabal's men were looking after all these sheep. And so David's men helped to do a security job. David's men 
helped the servants of Nabal and they actually later described uh, what David's men did as they became like a wall of protection around them. So here's the thing, Abigail is married to Nabal, Nabal's men are out looking after the sheep and David and all his, uh, all his guys come along and they actually do a good security job for the whole time that they're there. They guard these shepherds so that they don't lose any of their sheep and they actually become like a wall of protection around them. They're doing a good security job. The thing was that there was no kind of arrangement made for payment. Nothing was written down to say, we're doing this job for you. They were doing it out of the goodness of their heart. But there was kind of, in that culture, there would have been a kind of an understanding that they would eventually have been uh, repaid. So the thing was that uh, shearing, this shearing season was about to come. And shearing season was a time whenever Nabal, as this rich man in the community, would have had a huge feast. And he would have invited people to come to the feast and uh, the shearing season had begun. And David heard that the shearing season had begun. Let's read it from verse 3. When David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep, he sent ten young men. And David said to his young men, go up to Carmel, go up to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus you shall say, you shall say to him who lives in prosperity, so you're going to this rich man, Nabal, peace be to you, peace be to your house and peace be to all you have. Now the men were to say to Nabal, I've heard that you have shearers. Your shepherds were with us and we didn't hurt them, nor was there anything missing from them all the while that they were in Carmel. Ask your young men and they will tell you. Therefore let my young men find favour in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever comes to your hand to your servants and to your son David. So here's the story. David's men have looked after these shepherds, protected them, done a good job, security 24-7. For a long time. Time of shearing comes. Nabal, this very rich man who owns all of this stuff, he is having a feast for his workers. And David sends a few of his men up to say, look, we've been doing a job here. We've been looking after uh, your, your shepherds. Uh, and we come in peace. And we're asking that you could give us just whatever, whatever comes to your hand. In other words, pay us in kind. We're not looking for a salary. We're not looking for a big lump sum of money, but just pay us with perhaps some food. Pay us in kind, whatever comes to your hand. So they're coming in a very humble way to, to Nabal. And of course, we would expect that Nabal would be ready to say, yes, we will come and join the feast or whatever. But instead of that, here's what Nabal said. Verse, verse, nine. Then Nabal, verse 10. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away each from, from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shearers and give it to, the, to give it to these men when I do not know from where they've come from? So David's young men turned on their heels and went back and they came and told David all these words. Then David said to his men, every man gird on his sword. So every man girded on his sword and David also girded on his sword. And they set out. So here's the story. We are getting to the point of this, believe me. David's very angry. And you've got to remember, he's probably still grieving Saul. He's not at his best. 
He made a wise choice. We saw that before. We saw he was wise before Christmas. We saw that he, he, he could have killed Saul. He could have taken vengeance, but he didn't. He trusted God. But here he is, and he's in a weak spot. Were you ever in a weak spot? Were you ever in a situation where you just, you just didn't think, and you didn't even go to pray to God about something, but you just thought, I'm just fed up with this. And so David heard straight from his men that Nabal basically had said, bad mouth David, and said, who, who does he think he is coming looking for me? And so here's David, and he gets this word from his men that he has been bad mouthed after they've worked for Nabal and, and protected his servants the whole season. All of, remember, David had, had actually, at this time, around 600 men. So his men had been looking after these sheep and all these animals and been, been actively working every day to work for Nabal's servants. And here's Nabal bad-mouthing them and, and unprepared to even give some food to them. David was very angry. And David was probably in a bad mood, not only because he was grieving for Samuel, but probably because he was still angry at Saul, like Saul had not treated him well. He was in exile from his own people. God had anointed him to be king, but it hadn't happened yet. Here he was. He was probably just in a real bad place. Were you ever in a real bad place? And just the last something that just happened to be the last straw happened, and you just let vent. Well, that's what happened to David. And as soon as he heard what Nabal said, he strapped on the sword. <laughs> to the men, get your swords on, boys. We're going. He was going to have vengeance. And so he headed out with murder in his heart, ready to fight Nabal, ready to fight for what he believed was his, ready to fight for his men to have food. Remember that they were dependent, they, were in a diff they weren't in their own country, they were in a wilderness. They were dependent on the goodwill of these people. They had worked and done this work in goodwill and it hadn't been repaid. David's very, very angry. And of course, Nabal's servants, they have overheard all of this. And Nabal's servants, we, we see in the Bible, they describe Nabal as being a scoundrel that nobody could talk to. In other words, Nabal was a man who wouldn't listen to anyone. That's why probably his name means fool. Do you know that Psalm 14 verse 1 says that the fool has said in his heart, there's no God. This man wasn't thinking about God. He had no fear of God and he had no fear of man. And he had no respect for David or these men. He was a man who couldn't care less. He was so full of himself. He was a fool. That's what the way the Bible describes him. He had no time for God and he had no time for other people either. And so when they get their, the, the, the servants over here, what Nabal has said, and what do they do? It says, let me just read to you uh, down in 1 Samuel 25, uh, down to verse 14. Now one of the servants told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master. And he reviled them. But the men were very good to us. David's men were very good to us. And we were not hurt, nor did we miss anything as long as, we, we, as long as they accompanied us when we were in the fields. They were like a wall of security to us, both by day and by night, all the time that we were with them, keeping the sheep. Now, therefore, know and consider what you will do. This is speaking to Abigail. Because the servant said, harm is determined against our master and against all his household. For Nabal is such a scoundrel that no one can speak to him. 
So here is Abigail. Now, can you see that the servants felt free to come and bring to her attention what the problem was? It seems that they had respect for her and they were coming to her. And here's what it says in verse 18. And this is where we're getting into the story. Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, a whole lot of stuff. Uh, you will not take time to read it all, but all of the grain and the wine and the raisins and all, cakes of figs and all of that. And she says to her servant, go on before me, I'm coming after you. And she loads up her donkey and it would seem other donkeys with all of this food. So she's a woman who is getting up in a situation that needs action. You see, there's something about Abigail in this story that I think is a word for us. Abigail was a woman who was willing to listen. There's a verse in Proverbs that says, he who answers a matter before he hears it, it's folly and shame to him. See, Nabal hadn't listened. He wasn't willing to listen to anybody. He didn't know the full story. He wasn't interested. He just was, it was just an outright no. But here's Abigail, and it says that she listened. She had an ear to hear. I want to really challenge you this year, because I believe that God doesn't only want us to listen to each other, but he wants us to listen to him. You know, if you read through Revelation, it keeps saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. And Abigail, I believe, was in such a position where she had been quietly getting on with her business. She had all the food and all the supplies that she needed. Obviously, she'd been getting ready for this feast that Nabal was going to have. So she had all the stuff there. It was like... It was like her kitchen was, it was like her storehouse was full. She had everything she needed. And so she loaded up this donkey and she headed off. She headed off to go and meet David. Now the thing is that it says she went down under the cover of a hill and as she was going down on her donkey, can you get this picture of Abigail rising up on her donkey and she's going down the hill and she suddenly sees David and all his men coming down to meet her. There's something about Abigail I want to bring to your attention. She not only had eyes and ears that were open to, to hear and see what was going on around her, but she had ears and eyes that were open to see and to hear what God was saying. Because when she got on that donkey, she was going to go, and she was going to go in humility. She wasn't going to go out to David like all full of herself and, and, and tell him to... Take, a, take away, get away off there. She was humbling herself and she was going to David and she was in position and prepared for this situation. She had all the resources that she needed and she got onto this donkey and she was willing to rise up and go knowing that she had a word from God to give to David. Now here's the thing that I really want to get across to all of you ladies today. This is just, it's a beautiful story, but there's a real message, I believe, for us. Because each of us, I believe, are Abigails. Number one, because God loves us. Because we are the Father's joy. Because he rejoices over you with singing. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And he has a purpose for your life. And he wants you to be like Abigail, that you would have, even if you're in a situation where you feel closed in, where you feel that you're trapped, if you're in a situation where you feel there's no getting out of this, what's the purpose for my life? What am I doing here? You might feel like that this morning. I don't know. But God wants you to know that you are an Abigail. You are one who, no matter what situation you're in, 
that he has something to say to you and he wants your ears to be open and he wants you to hear his voice in your situation and he wants you to know that he has positioned you. You know, God works, the Bible tells us in Romans 8 and 28 that God works all things together for good to those who love him. And so whatever your situation is today, God can turn it for good. He can work all things together for good. And he wants you to know that he has a purpose for you to rise up and go. And he wants you to know that he can give you a word to carry with you, not just for yourself, but for other people. That he wants us to be Abigails who have purpose, who, as it were, would get on our donkeys and be ready to go. So this is the picture I want to get. So here's the thing. David met, uh, Abigail met David. Let me read to you what it says. Now when Abigail saw David, verse 23, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David and bowed to the ground. So she fell at his feet and she said, On me, my Lord, on me let this iniquity be. And please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant. She was appealing to David to listen. Her own husband wouldn't listen. But she was appealing to David to listen to her. And here's what it says. She says, Please let not my Lord regard this scoundrel Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now therefore, my Lord David, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then let your enemies and those who seek harm from my Lord be as Nabal. So here's what she did. In your notes, you'll see that she asked for forgiveness on behalf of her husband. She humbled herself and she asked for forgiveness. She reminded David of who he was. She actually stopped David from doing something that would have been really, really bad. She was actually going to be God's voice to David. I would love that we could catch this, that when we just settle ourselves and listen to what God says through his word, that actually he can use us in situations to speak into situations that would actually be a blessing to other people. That's an amazing thing. That is fulfillment. That is what God wants us to, to experience in our lives. But I really love you to hear the rest of this, what, what, what she said to David. She said, And now this present, this is the food and the grain, which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house. Now this is speaking in very poetic language. Like we don't talk to the men in our lives like, like my Lord and so we don't. I don't think so. This is very poetic. Old Testament, uh, old fashioned language. Basically what she's saying to David is, you know, don't, don't let yourself do this wrong thing. Listen to what I'm saying. Here's food for the men. And she's saying, you know what? God will keep his promise to you. He will give you a, a, a house, a, a place on this earth that will endure. That's what she was saying. God has promises for you. And as she goes on, I'm going to continue reading it in this language, but I'm going to interpret it to you, all right? It says, she says to, to, to David, for a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life. Abigail knew about Saul. 
She had made it her business. She knew that Saul was persecuting David. And she's actually acknowledging David's difficulty and his pain. And she says, uh, she says to David, uh, remember that God will keep his promise. That's basically what she's saying. She says, a man has risen to pursue you. But she says, the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. And she says, the lives of your enemies shall, shall, God will sling out as from the pocket of a sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord has done for you according to all the good that he has spoken and has appointed you ruler over Israel. After this, there will be no grief that you have caused offence by doing this awful thing. That's basically what she's saying. So what is she saying? She's saying, she's telling David, please forget on behalf of my husband, I'm humbling myself. You know, it's a good thing for us to humble ourselves before each other and before God. As a start, that's a really good thing. But then she reminds David of the certainty of God's promise. You see, when God makes a promise, he keeps it. And we were speaking about this in the prayer room this morning, how God has to give us promises in his word. He promises that if we trust him as our saviour, that he'll come and live, his Holy Spirit will live inside us. That's a promise. He promises us that if we trust him and we walk in his ways, that he will, that he will bless us and that he will lead us into the plans that he has for us. He promises us that he has plans. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And so Abigail's reminding David, look, God has given you promises and, and he's going to keep those promises. And she's saying, she's, re, she's reminding David that, that she knows that Saul has she knows that Saul has been persecuting David and she knows that, that David has already won battles and she's encouraging him. She's saying, I know you've done a lot of things that are right. Please keep doing that. Don't, don't let yourself down now. Don't, don't, don't throw it all away by doing something stupid. And this man, David, who the Bible says is a heart after God's heart, is willing to listen to her. And so he responds to her. And it says that she blessed her. Let me just read what he said. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed is your advice. And blessed are you, because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, surely by morning light no males would have been left to Nabal. So David received from her hand what she had brought him and said to her, go up in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. You'll notice that the last words that Abigail said to him was, when the Lord has dealt well with you, she's speaking to David, remember me, your servant. Okay, so that's basically the story, but here's the, here's the things I want to bring out of this story. The fact is, that we are all a bit like Abigail. We are actually trapped. When we're born, we're born into sin, and we're trapped with an old nature. We're trapped in a way that we can't really be free because of the hurts of life and because of this old sinful nature. And yet Jesus came to set us free, paid the price on the cross, that we could experience a connection with God, that we could be forgiven, that we could know the freedom of living our lives, for we can hear God. For even though Abigail was living in this 
marriage in a very difficult situation with a very difficult man it seems that she was able to hear God and it seems that she was ready and prepared to step out and do God's business that's what God's offering you today he wants you to be a woman who knows that your father loves you who knows that you are actually the joy of the father that he sent his son Jesus to die for you because of the joy that he saw in you and he wants you today to know your worth and to know that whilst you're going about your business i mean abigail had the daily grind every day daily grind trying to keep these servants in order do the work in the household have the stuff ready for the feast but there came a moment where she was needed to go and to go in the name of god and to go and deliver a message that was going to change king david's life david wasn't king yet but he was going to become the king of israel and he was about to do a really stupid thing did you ever ever think that sometimes there's maybe men around us that would do a stupid thing? <laughs> They're not very often. <laughs> we all do stupid things, but David was about to blow it. He was about to blow it because he'd overcome before. He had he'd stood back and he hadn't killed Saul. He had feared God because he loved him. He wanted, he wanted to do things God's way. But here he was, he was caught off guard. We can be caught off guard, girls. And David was caught off guard. He was about to do something wrong, but... But Abigail was a wise woman. Do you know, she had a message from God to give to David that day. And this is a wonderful thing about, about you and about me. If you know Jesus as your saviour, then he wants you to hear his voice. And he wants you to experience that relationship with him, relationship with heaven. That's why we say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We're, once we trust Jesus, he's paid the price for us to have a link with heaven. Yeah. And he wants us to, to hear what he says and to bring it down to earth and to, to show the people around us and the world that we're living in what God looks like. To be a voice for the Lord everywhere we go. That in every situation that God can give us a, a purpose and give us a word to say, I mean, that is the most exciting kind of life that's possible to live. Would you agree with me? And Abigail was in a grind, she was in a trap. was a man who's described in the Bible as being an evil man, a fool. And yet we're going to see that God was going to bring her into something more. And that's what I want to say to you today. I believe that God is calling us this year into something more. He wants us to step up. Abigail did just the first thing. She did what she felt was right before God. She, she, as soon as she heard the news, she was ready to go. She had her storehouse ready. She got the food onto the donkeys, got her servant girls with her, and they all headed out in the donkeys. And they're riding to meet King David. And when she met David, who was coming with his 400 men, he had two of them waiting behind, guarding some stuff, and he had 400 men with him, and their swords were strapped to their side, and they were ready for war. And Abigail comes down the mountain on her donkey, and she's God's spokeswoman. Would you like to be God's spokeswoman? And she comes with a message of peace. And she stops him, and she, she tells him, she humbles herself, and she says, would you not just listen to God? I've got a message for you. Look, I've brought supplies for you. She humbles herself on behalf of her husband. And then she begins to build David up. And she reminds him of the certainty of God's promises. Read it for yourselves when you go home. She reminds him of the certainty of God's promises. 
She acknowledges that David has already fought battles of the Lord. She lets him know that, that she reminds him of how God's been faithful to him in the past. Then she empathizes with David and she reminds him that God's going to protect him. You notice it said, he's going to protect you like as if he's going to wrap you, wrap you in a, what way is it? Does it say? Let me just read it to you. She says, um, she says, but the life of my Lord, that's David, shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. She reminds David that he's actually wrapped around in God's love, that he's protected. And she's calling him forth to do the right thing. You see, she was calling David to rise up. She was calling David to step up. She was calling David into, into a place of victory. And David responded to her, and it says that David blessed the Lord for, for bringing Abigail to him and for meeting him. And she praised her and thanked her for intervening and stopping him for, from doing what was wrong. And then it says that he spoke words of peace and respect to Abigail. Now, the rest of the story, let me just briefly tell you the rest of the story. Abigail goes back home, and it says when she got home that Nabal was in the middle of this great big feast. Will we read it? It says, right down to verse... Um, Let's just read the last words that David said to her in verse 35. So David received from Abigail's hand what she had brought him, all the food and the supplies, and said to her, Go in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. Do you see the difference in David and Nabal? Nabal, the Bible describes him as being such a scoundrel that he would listen to no one. Here is David who has been anointed that he will be the future king of Israel. And he is humble enough to listen to this woman and to acknowledge her person and to tell her, I've heeded your voice. Imagine that, that, that we have something, that God would give us a word from him that people would heed. God wants you and I to hear his voice and to be carriers of what God's saying in this generation. And so it says, now Abigail went to Nabal and there he was, holding a feast in his house like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very, very drunk. Therefore she told him nothing until the morning. So it was in the morning when the wine had gone from Nabal, and his wife had told him everything that she had done. It says that his heart died within him, and he became like a stone. It seems like he had some kind of a stroke or something, uh, a stroke or a heart attack. And it says, after about ten days that the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. I'll tell you, there's a fear of the Lord in this story. And it says, when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept me from, from doing evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. Then it says that David sent and proposed to Abigail and took her as his wife. So here's a, here's, let's bring this story to the conclusion and let's look and see what God wants to say to us from this story. You know, I love the Old Testament stories because the, the, the truth of the New Testament is in the Old. And there's so much that we learn in the Old Testament that tells us about the New. And this is a story I believe that God wants us to remember who we are, that actually there's an Abigail in every single one of us because all of us have our troubles and all of us can feel trapped and feel that we're in a situation where there's no way out. And here's the thing that I feel that we need to remember 
from this story for the new year. First of all, you need to remember that in Christ, that you are a beautiful, sensible, wise woman. I'd love you to get that, that in Christ, we don't have any wisdom really of our own, but in Christ, we have all the resources of wisdom that are in Christ Jesus. We are beautiful in his sight because of what Jesus has done. And the more that we love him and the more that we listen to his word and allow his word to fill our lives and to actually begin to live by what the word of God says, do you know what happens? We actually become more and more beautiful. And that's the truth. When you, when you know Jesus and you, you receive his love and you love him back, something begins to actually happen in your countenance. I'm telling you, you become beautiful, more and more beautiful because Christ is shining through you, actually lights up your countenance and you become beautiful. And so in Christ, you need to remember that you're a beautiful, sensible, wise woman, listen, who gives joy to your heavenly Father. You need to know that you have a purpose in this world. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know your identity as a son, as a daughter of the living God. And that God the Father sent his son for love of you. And the Father loves you and rejoices over you, even today with singing. You know, Jane's down at the back, and for those of you who are new, Jane's my right-hand woman here. But you know, Jane, Jane has had a lot of difficulties in her life, a lot of problems in her life. But you know what she did? She actually went and got tattooed. Zephaniah 3.17. Because she wanted to remind herself that God was singing over her. And we need to remember that we have a God who looks over and rejoices and looks at us and, and rejoices over us with singing. That he's singing over you. Do you ever see a child that you really love? I'm sure many of you have either children of your own, babies of your own, or, or somebody else's baby, and you've looked over and you've just looked at that child. I was just thinking this last night. You ever looked over the cot to a child that was sleeping and just love rose up in your heart? And you just felt like singing a wee song to that child. I think that's, we need to see that. That's what God the Father does. He looks over you and he starts to sing. And then I love the, the last bit of that verse. It says he will quiet you with his love. You ever notice a child maybe crying or distressed in the cot? And you look over and you start to sing to that child. And the child quietens down. That's exactly what God does with you and with me. And he wants us to know that he cares so much about every detail, about everything that's going on in our lives, about all the labels and all the different situations and all the, the, the problems that come around us. And he wants us to know that we can trust him in those problems. And he wants us to open our ears and our eyes. I, had a, I have a cousin in, a, in America, Judith, and Judith sent me, uh, 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 she sent me a whole lot of things with, uh, with peacocks on. You know the peacocks have got eyes all over them? She sent me a peacock bag and peacock earrings and I don't know what else came with a peacock because she said, I want, I believe God's saying that he wants you to know that the Lord's watching you and he wants you to keep your eyes on him this season. And I pass that on to you today because I believe God wants us to be women who not only hear but see what God is doing in our lives. That we begin to realise that his word is for us, for the everyday stuff. For the stuff like Abigail, which is just like a routine, and then a bit of a problem comes along, and what are you going to do? Abigail's eyes were on God. She was a wise woman. Her eyes and her ears were open to God, and she knew what she had to do, and she was ready to get up and to do it. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. In Christ, 
you can be an Abigail, beautiful, sensible and wise. In Christ, you can become like a storehouse. She had, she had all that she needed, not just for her own household, but she had enough to go and bring for David and all his men. And listen, God wants you and I not just to have enough for our own lives, but he wants us to become, he wants you and I to become like a storehouse where actually when somebody's in trouble, we have something out of our storehouse to actually bless them with. And that's the joy of stepping up. And that's the call that we're putting out to EGALS. Because I am seeing over this last year, particularly over the last year, I have seen women here who are stepping up to do other things. That I'm hearing about they're getting involved with this or with that. Maybe in your own community or some other place. It doesn't matter. God's calling us to step up and step out because he has purposes and plans and he wants us to know that we have something from him. When we receive from him, then we have something to give out. Now here's the things I want us to listen, to think about before we leave. Give me a minute to get a wee drink from my throat's very dry here. I really want to get this bit out here, the last. (laughs) Here's some things for us to think about. First of all, you need to know that God's grace is sufficient for you. Do you see that point, point A? God will give you grace to live with and overcome difficult situations. And I believe we need to know that because there are times in all our lives whenever we do face difficult situations. But we need to know like Abigail that those situations are not going to crash over us and burn us out and destroy us. That we have someone living in us who is greater than the one that's out there. That we need to know that we have the power of God within us, that we have the Holy Spirit within us who is able to speak to us and make his word alive to us. And we need to know like Abigail that we don't, we don't have to be victims, that we can overcome difficult situations. Secondly, we need to know that God will give us discernment to wait for the right moment to make decisions. I really felt the Holy Spirit put this in my heart as I prepared this. I felt there was something about this point that you need to know. If you're in a place where in a bit of a quandary and you don't know what to do, you maybe there's decisions you need to make, and maybe you're thinking, am I going to be like this? Maybe you're, you're just in a real place of despair that nothing's ever going to change. You need to know that God will not only give you grace for your situation, but he will give you his wisdom. He will give you his wisdom and his discernment to know what decision to make and when to make it. Do you know there's a time to make a decision? Sometimes we can be premature and sometimes we can lag behind. But God wants you to know that he will give you all that you need. He will give you the wisdom and discernment. You need to know that God will give you wise words to bless others and to call them to step up higher. Listen, Abigail was calling David up. She was saying, she was actually calling up to be a better man. This is what God wants to do in us and through us. He wants you and I to step up higher ourselves, but he wants us to be actually vessels that can speak to other people, that we will help other people to step up as well. And that's why we're here together this morning, because we're believing that there's something new happening. We're believing that there's there's a new step to take. And it's up. It's not down. And God wants us to know that he is with us. So he'll give you wise words to bless others. When we ask the Lord, when we seek him, he will give us all. James chapter 1 says that if any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God. Don't be wavering. And he'll give you all you need. He's a great God. He's full of, he's all wise God. 
He can give us whatever wisdom we need for this life, whatever situations we're in. He can give you supernatural wisdom. He can give you wisdom in a situation that you'd never get anywhere else. He can give you supernatural wisdom that will just be a stepping stone over something that in the natural you'd never overcome. And we need to believe that because he's a supernatural God. Next, we need to know that he will equip us to be a mighty force in God's army. You know, I had this picture. As I was preparing this, I had this picture of all of you ladies. And it was like I could see you all in the donkeys. <laughs> and we're all getting ready and we're going to the donkeys. Bit of a slap in the back of it. We're ready to go. And that's the picture I have of women who were prepared. Of women who knew God. Women who knew the word of God and could speak the word of God into people's lives. Women who had supplies, not just for our own needs, but for those around us. That we would be like the wise woman, described as a virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. The one that her family will rise up and call her blessed. Listen, that's what God wants for all. He doesn't want us just to be getting along mundane lives. Same yesterday, same today, same tomorrow. No, God has a plan. And he's saying, it's time. So I'm, I'm just saying this, we're on the donkeys. We're getting ready to move. We've got our donkeys. We've got our donkeys laden with stuff. Laden with, with treasures from heaven that we can take to those around us. That we can speak words into lives that would change the course of lives. How much do you want to have your own life changed? But listen, what an amazing thing to be able to speak into other people's lives and to see their lives change. That's what Abigail did. She stopped David from going the wrong direction. If he had, if he had continued, he would have been so sorry and God would have been, would have been sorry. God would have grieved God. But she stopped him. And listen, we can be like that. We can be women who will, who will carry a message from God, the Father, and we can, we can save people from making wrong choices and we can be a voice from heaven into lives. Now here's finally, he will prepare you for the soon to be wedding. This woman, what, what happened? Whenever Nabal died and David heard about it, now I know, give me a bit of, when I, every time I read that, that, Nabal, that David rejoiced, I kind of cringe a little bit when I'm thinking, but you know, David wrote a lot on the Psalms and he wrote about, David was a man who could see that it wasn't human beings that were the problem. It was the enemy operating through human beings. And he could see that Abigail was trapped in a human situation. And so he was rejoicing that God had intervened to free her. Not because she was against Nabal, I'm sure, but he could, in, the, in the Psalms, he, he talks a lot about, about those who hate God. And, and he speaks very strongly about them. And you and I, it's a big secret not to hate people, but to hate the power of evil that works through people. That's all the difference in the world. And so as soon as David heard, it says he sent a servant to go and bring a proposal to Abigail. And it says Abigail arose in haste. Let me tell you something, this woman wasn't long getting up to get in the donkey. <laughs> she was ready to go to be David's bride. Listen. You and I need to know that Jesus Christ has paid the price for our sin. 
that he died to free us from the old shackles of all the hurt and the pain, all the stuff that sin, and that's a word we don't use now, it just means going selfishness, it just means going our own way. And when we go our own way, the Bible says, you know, that's the way that leads on to death. And, and, and God wants us to be women who will rise up and a woman who will go forward with God and loving God and knowing that we actually, once we receive Jesus as Saviour, that we are part of the bride of Christ. And you see, the thing is that it's not about churches. We are so steeped in religion. It's about individuals who have connected with Jesus. It doesn't matter what church you go to. It's individual encounter with the risen Christ to know he's died for us. And we all belong to the one church and the one body of Christ. No divisions at all. And when we trust Jesus and he's in our heart, you know what happens? We become part of his bride. And you know what? There's a day coming soon when he's coming back and we're going to be in the donkeys. And we're going to meet our bridegroom. And we need to realise we have a huge hope. That, we, that God has a plan for our lives whilst we're here. But listen girls, we are going somewhere. We belong to someone. We belong to Christ. We are different to those around us. That's always been God's plan. That we would show who he is to those around us on this earth. That we would see his kingdom come. That we would be part of what he wants to do on the earth. But we need to be listening. Woman with eyes and ears. Connected to heaven. Going forward with him. I tell you, Abigail wasn't lost on her leg over that donkey. I'm getting ready to go and meet David. Beautiful woman going to marry a wonderful man. You know, David, he was King David eventually, and we're going to see that. But you know, David, it was through his family tree that Jesus Christ came. That's why we sing at Christmas time about, about Bethlehem. Sing about David. But we're belonging to the greater David, Jesus Christ. And he's asked us, he's proposed to us. How many of you have accepted the proposal? Have you received him as your saviour? Because I tell you, he wants us to throw our legs over the donkey. Get ready for the ride, girls. God's bringing us someplace. There's purpose for where we're going. And God wants us to be so full of his love and his word and his purposes that it just fills us. It fills our storehouse till our storehouse is overflowing. And we have enough to put in the donkey for everybody else we meet to bless them as we go. Lord, we thank you for the story of Abigail. We thank you it's so rich to show us an Old Testament shadow of, of, of the greater David, the one who is our bridegroom, the one, the one who loves us so much and is coming back to, that we'll be with him for all eternity. Thank you for the joy of that. But Lord, may we, may we grow over these Tuesdays. May we really grow. May we, may we Lord, fill our storehouses. Lord, may we be women who are ready to step up and step out for you. God, I thank you for this next song. And I pray that as we sing this, that we might remember that we all have a story that is worth telling. And that you love us and you love the story because you're in the middle of all of our stories. And Lord, you want us to know you more and rejoice in you more and know that you are rejoicing over us with singing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let us stand and we're going to sing this song, Blessed Assurance. This is a real old song, but it's about this is my story, this is my song. Praising my Saviour all the day long. Let's stand up and really sing this. 
May God really bless you all. And we're here at the front. There's a number of us here, Jerry and Joy and Lorna and Beth and Roberta somewhere and Heather. There's a number of us here who would just love to pray with you. If, you, if something has resonated with you and you just feel like you just love a prayer of agreement or just a blessing, we're here to do that. So don't be afraid to pop up to the front and we would love to pray. And we just really... Um, want to just bless you as you go and pray that God's word might really resonate in your heart that God loves you you know the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only beloved son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life do you know that everlasting life starts now it's a quality of life it's not the length of it it's the quality of it it starts now and god wants us to become women who are full of his love full of his promises and experiencing victory and have enough for ourselves and enough to give out to those around us god wants us to fulfill our purpose and our destiny god has a plan for your life be blessed as you go and we'll see you back again next tuesday god bless